At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Welcome to episode 87 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am the real Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And back on the couch with us again, Mr. Jamie Lovett is here. How's it going? It's almost Turkey Day, guys. It's time for that Thanksgiving holiday, but, uh, or it has been that Thanksgiving holiday, rather. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what the time is? We have to send it to <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's still the holiday. So if you guys are ducking out on family, I hope you're ducking out with us and uh, listening to our latest podcast because we got some good things to talk about today. Because today we are going to discuss some of that uh, Avengers Endgame deleted scene footage that, uh, oh, you know, there was somebody. We had Mr. Brandon Davis in here. He's going to be joining us later. But I, I just realized there was a reason why I had him here in the beginning. But uh, he dipped out on us, and he'll be back because uh, he's going to help us talk about The Walking Dead uh, midseason finale at the end of the show. But first, we are going to talk about some Avengers Endgame deleted scenes. We also got some new Star Wars footage to look at. And... We are also going to be reviewing the new Marvel Dawn of X books that they dumped out from time for the holidays. We have uh, New Mutants number two, Fallen Angels number two, and X-Force number two. So we are going to discuss that. Booyah. All right. Starting right at the top. We thought we might have been done with this whole Avengers Endgame, Infinity War saga, but, uh, you know, it we're comic We're comicbook.com, <laughs> and like this is like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street. <gasps> I'm not going! I'm not going! So it won't. He's not going away. Um, I think they're just going to keep riding this out until we get to, you know, Disney's next billion dollar, big two billion success story with Star Wars in December. It's always in. But uh, yeah, we've had um, new revelations. I can't even track. Where has all this come from? Like the art book was one thing that came mm-hmm. out. Um, where did all these deleted scenes that had like all the deleted scenes and whatnot and unused content? Uh, I think it was when they uploaded to Disney Plus. There was some uh, stuff on there and then there was some yeah. more con- like when they released the art book. I seems like a bunch of the concept artists who worked on the film started right. feeling like time to empty the library. Yeah, there must be an Instagram. official cutoff point where they're like, now nah, you can talk. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it helps promote the Everybody's stuff seen it. Yeah. That's so, going to see. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everybody in the world. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, we want another promotional push. So uh, concept artists take to Instagram. And they're like, yeah, and sure enough. So we've gotten like a lot of kind of looks at uh, cool stuff that could have, should have, maybe would have been in the movie, but ultimately got cut. And I just wanted to take a minute and uh, run through some of the stuff and uh, ask you guys, like, what did you think was cool? What did you guys think, like, are glad that they cut? I love deleted scenes. I love uh, seeing some of that footage and, and everything. But everything I have seen thus far, I am glad that, like, it didn't, it didn't, either the movie didn't need it 
or the movie's better without it. I, I haven't seen anything that's been like, oh yeah, I wish that was in there. Like because even some of the uh, like, I mean, I know we had talked before about a scene where like a lot of stuff revolves around Tony and that like final. Uh, act and, and all that and there's so many little like emotional things that they tried to push in there and ultimately they left out and it's just it's better for it um you know some of the concept art uh is kind of cool um but again like i haven't seen anything that makes me wish that those things were in there i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with the way the movie came out like my issues with the movie have nothing to do with like oh this character didn't show up or this costume it's all time timey wimey stuff if you will like it's all that stuff and so you know the concept art's cool but i i still haven't seen anything that makes me go yes that should have been in there i don't know how you feel um i mostly agree with you i mean that movie was long already yes <laughs> uh, most of the biggest uh stuff they've shown is stuff that is kind of uh schmaltzy like the the Morgan scene and the Soul Stone, and this came out before, but the thing where everybody takes an E for Tony. Yeah, that one. Like, oh, oh that let's not bring that up. Don't you bring that up. Oh, Captain, my Captain. <laughs> the one the one thing that might have been good to have in there is the stuff where we get to see Hulk being a hero because he seemed to be like the acceptable casualty of this movie where they were like, we're going to make this movie long enough to fit in everybody's story arc. Sorry, Bruce, yours is happening off screen in between movies, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it, it might have been nice to see a little bit more of that because it feels like uh, it, he was just bad and then he got better and we didn't really see any of that progression. Beside that, uh, kind of happy with everything being left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Um, you know, some of the alternate costumes we've seen are, are cool, but again, I like the final designs. I, I, I feel like, like I missed something. There were like four different concept cards of other people wearing Iron Man's armor. Was that just going to be a big thing in the movie? That's the yeah. one aspect that like, I don't think the movie needed it, but I would love to hear like the why like where yeah. that fit in why that fit in dr strange wearing yeah. that armor because that that admittedly looked kind of cool and like the armor is on him during the ebony maw torture scene because you can see like you know it's that sequence and he's just wearing armor so you know and there's another scene where it's like forms around the stone and i'm like okay i would like to hear i'm amazed we haven't heard it out of I mean, the 900 could, yeah. interviews they've I done conceive of <laughs> I mean, how that sequence just plays out is the cloak and they use the alien thing, the aliens reference to suck him out. But I could yeah. also see how Tony could have, like, jumped in and, like, sent his armor onto Doctor Strange yeah. to, mm. like, protect him and then weaponize him, you know, and quickly turn some the tables point. on yeah. him. And, like, yeah, blast him. So, I mean, I could see that. Um, for myself, I think the what I think I've enjoyed the most is just seeing the concept art of things they cut, like, small character moments have been the most interesting for me. Like, there was a sequence where Hulk and Black Panther, they were going to do a remix of the Hulk and Thor thing from the first yeah. Avengers in Endgame's final battle, where basically Hulk punch, like beats T'Challa's armor to kind of store up that kinetic energy and make him into, like, a bomb that he uses to blow up, like, one of those ch uh, Chitari, like, whatever yeah. they call worms or whatever the hell they're called. Um, like, that would have been cool. Nakia, Lupita, um, Lupita Nyong'o's character, Lupita was, or I'm going to call her Lupita. Uh, Nakia from Black Panther was also featured in some concept art of being part of the kind of A-Force moment. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of these. If you go through our, our archives on Avengers Endgame on like, yeah, Shiri, Shuri and uh, Tony Stark were going to have a moment. 
Like, yeah. In was there was there something with Ant Man doing a fastball special? Yeah, there because was that like is that. like person personally offensive to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to be happy about that. No, 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 no. No, that belongs in one. <laughs> in only one Marvel place. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, so there, if you read through our archives, there, there's a lot of that stuff um, that, that would have been cool, just added character moments that, you know, I could get, you could spend an entire movie just being like, here's one battle. Look at all these cool character interactions. Um, yeah. But uh, I get it. You've got to strip it down for time and as we go back through this, especially in HD, there are so many like little Easter eggs already in there that like people are finding again and again, like yeah. how effective Mantis was. Like you think Mantis, like what is she running at? And then you see her like taking down the big, crazy, disgusting monsters yeah. using her mental powers and things like that. Um, yeah, and giant man stepping on bodies that are crushed and flying <laughs> and stuff. Like so, there's a lot of detail in there, but um, yeah, it's hard not to say. Oh, okay, well that like Thor, that Black Panther. Hulk thing that would have been cool. That like, one's cool. Yeah. It's just you look at, you know, a lot of these, you look at it and go, what were they going to take out? Yeah. Yeah. Because this thing is already too full. It's no, like, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. And we would all, we like, again, well, you could take out the whole, there's a lot you could take out in the beginning. <laughs> well, that's all I agree. Um, and two, it would, now, if we were talking about, like, oh, could you release, like, an extended cut or something? No. I mean, I think. Do it, you think they'll ever do that? Um, I mean, 10 years and they haven't yet. I mean, if they didn't actually put this stuff, I think a lot of this is concept art that they didn't actually film, or okay. like a lot of it they didn't actually film. So let's not go Snyder cut with this. Like, <laughs> we got it film; it's finished. The Russos are done. Like, Start your petitions now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing I thought that would be interesting was there was some room because the other big thing I thought was interesting was just seeing how deep of a backstory they gave to Thanos in this, and just really getting the full scope of this. Like, we saw concept art of his entire family, of him at ages 13 and, like, 17 and 22. Um, there would have been a much longer sequence about the fall of Titan, basically like a, you know, Superman origin. Like, you would have seen on. it, yeah. yeah. And you would have seen him and his family. And I think there's, in key places, there is enough material to spin out into something else uh, and, and to kind of reconnect to that to the whole experience in that universe. Like, I would one day like to see this Thanos thing, whether it's just like an animated short or something like that, using a kind of concept art and, you know, concepts and, and animators to keep it on the cheap, but just show, like, what happened on the fall of Titan and things like that. I feel I like think, that would have been nice. I don't know that it's necessary. It's one of those things where it's no, like... No, I absolutely do not yeah, want this in this rule film. Rule of storytelling, like, start yeah, as late as possible. Exactly. Kind of like, deal. you, I no. I And I even wrote this in the article because I did about his family uh, and his different ages, like... I think it's much more effective to kind of use inference and reactions from yeah. people. Um, and so, like, in Infinity War, giving that sequence, the storytelling sequence with the reality stone is a lot more effective. Just showing you, like, what it looked like and what it looks like now. Yeah. And, you know, him telling his version of the story and how he sees it. That's all that's really important. Yep. Like, his megalomaniacal view of I'm right and this is yeah. justified. It's all you really need. But like that's what I said. There's so much on the cutting room floor that there are, I think, places to spin them out. And obviously they're doing that with like Loki and stuff like that. But uh I would like to see like the Thanos backstory kind of Thanos of Titan or like as I said, on the cheap, just like as a mm. CGI animated you It'd know, be a Marvel. really good like animated one shot. Exactly. Yeah. Throw it on Disney Plus, Absolutely. drum up some yep. things and that would be good. Give Josh Brolin a chance to come back and, and do something. I'd love to see yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. 
And you can even set up things like, I don't know, you can set up like a son of Thanos, whatever you want to do, like throw the first seeds in there for that, so to speak, no pun intended. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there's room for that. But on the whole, like, yeah, uh, I would have loved to see Nebula's hair, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the Hulk thing, heroic. I would have also liked to see some of that. This, like, but again, I saw. I went to the uh, re-release, awesome, and scene. I saw that scene, and I can never unsee. I can never unsee. I swear to God, it's like the episode of The Simpsons where they do Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, and they edit Homer out in the end. And like it's just a still like cartoon. Yeah. That's what it looks like. So I can't ever unsee that Hulk thing. So uh, yeah. But they were going to do the Nebula Gauntlet moment too at some point, weren't they? Yeah, was that was also that would be been, part of it. They even teased that. Yeah, they teased yeah. that so a many lot. Interviews like, and yeah, yeah. yeah Loki was going to get a different death. They were going to redesign uh, Morad or whatever that planet is from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, they almost brought all the heroes back before the epic fight with Thanos, which would have been just a just a quagmire of character moments <laughs> yeah. and dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like I said, you got to go into our uh, Avengers Endgame uh, section on comicbook.com and just look at all this. It's just like a list of kind of interesting anecdotes. I got to say, these aren't like, I mean, we have to write up some real crazy stuff sometimes. Like, and we've beaten this horse to death, but this was like rare where we were actually seeing the articles and seeing the stuff. And I was like, okay, well, this is actually interesting to like, yeah. read about yeah. and just kind of know about just as a novelty. But like, yeah, we're not doing theories like. Pfft. Here's a theory about the number of portals, and it tells you what the next Marvel <laughs> villain's going to be because I counted 17, and there's only one set. Like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. So, like, no, that's uh, next year. Yeah, that's next year. <laughs> no, stop it. Got to say something after the holiday rush. Oh, good. Oh, man. Like 2020. All right. So, yeah. Oh, this one was interesting. Just before we move off this, uh, they almost the Wakanda army almost had Batman suits, like Batman style uh, Panther suits. Yeah, yeah, that would have been kind of cool, actually. Like really? that would have been, yeah, that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> to see a bunch of men in Panther suits looking like Batman running out. Uh, oh Wakanda man, just throw it around that vibranium yeah. money, apparently. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, costume budget would have swelled with that. Yeah. You know? uh, a good thing about African garb or Mister Cart garb is it's cheap. <laughs> You can get it on the cheap. So, uh, yeah, let's keep that there. But, uh, yeah, be like I said, check out uh, our whole section of Avengers Endgame for all these anecdotes about, like, all the deleted scenes and concepts they didn't use and all that good artwork, because the artwork is pretty gorgeous. Um, and hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation if you want to talk about any of this or if there's something you knew, you spotted, that you thought was really interesting. Uh, moving right along. So, we now have a new TV spot for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, and it shows Rey using the Force. It shows a bunch of them in possible peril. They're all screaming each other's names. Um, yeah, which is kind of funny and interesting. Your, your description of this is probably better than the TV spot. Yeah, that's because I'm watching TV spot right now for the first time because I'm so prepared. But, uh, like, no, this looks uh, pretty good. Like, a pretty good TV spot. You see Ray doing some Force stuff. But uh, I did see this online because at one point it looks like Ray is screaming for Chewie. Uh, and she looks, like, really upset. And people were like, oh, damn it. They're going to kill Chewie. I know it. This, I feel like I have deja vu because everyone was super convinced he was going to die based on a TV spot before The Force Awakens came out, too. Oh, yeah? Yep. 
And well, maybe you, they just wanted did. to play with you. Nope. Maybe they just wanted to play with you then. They're like, we're going to kill him. Nah. Psych, <laughs> we're going to kill him. But like, it's JJ Abrams, people were right? like, he'll, he'll kill. Like, he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> by the end oh, of yeah. No, I, I would say a lot of the. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the old guard dies yeah, off. That's like, kind of his. It's like Chewie he has dies. a breath for that. I mean, oh, I would love to see the very last scene of Star Wars, the Saiyawasaka saga, like Chewie and a Porg, like, just chilling somewhere. I would watch Put that. Put a hang up his bow, like his, like, you know, crossbow blaster, and just be like, man, take off his bandolier and just be like, I'm tires to a farm on another planet. Yeah, he just sits down on a farm and just yep. sighs, and it's the end of the movie. Grateful universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With his bandolier and crossbow hanging on a <laughs> scarecrow in the background, that would be great. It's just like, and yeah, and it's like, wow, that got, would be an ending. Someplace weird. This that. is the ending I want. <laughs> yeah. Just I, Chewie, just like, man, I'm done. Just go chilling with a porg. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say something about seeing like Luke and Leia as a Force ghost or something like that. No, but, I mean that's how it's going to end. We yeah. don't know that's how it's gonna be every Force ghost ever. Yeah. like just being like, peace, bro. Like, um, but I would just love it to just see like a cut to like. Chewy in a big sky, uh, like a tree hut up there, looking at all that. Like, man, crazy times we had. He just gets some weird pipe out, like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> throws on some, like, Cantina music and just jumps I love this. He, he sees like, his wife and children that he abandoned decades ago to go oh hang out with Han Solo. Boy, that like, got dark. Chewie, where have you been? And he's like, maybe I've been saving the universe. <laughs> Why is he... <laughs> Why does it sound like that now? I guess it just means Chewie has that swagger. I guess it's like, cool. I just, I just assume that's how oh he would be with his lady, you know? Like, oh come on. Oh, my God, man. But, uh, yeah, we veered way off the path. Yeah. All of this, by the way, is more interesting than the TV stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the TV stuff's not much, but it is just a little bit of something, yeah. you know? Um, the whole thing of them in peril is has got people freaking out. They're like, who's going to die? Somebody's dying. Everybody's screaming for everybody. Um, yeah, I, I would put my money on somebody like Chew, like Chewie, yeah, 3PO, having to sacrifice Chewie going down. And I think one, at least one of the main cast will die. I mean, I expect that Leia will die. No, I mean, I mean, Leia will be dead. For, yeah. yeah, but because also, you know, you got uh, Han Solo dies in the first one and Luke dies in the yeah. second one. It just seems like yeah. the pattern they're going for. Yeah, I also think they go back to, I, I believe the rumors that they go back to Poe's home planet. Um, Yavin and where they planted, you know, in canon, his parents planted mm-hmm. that forest tree. And I think that's the whole woodland sequence with Ray. I think oh, that's yeah, that why she gets training because that place is so strong with a force that that's where like Leia appears. Mm. There'll be a force ghost, but it'll be like more than a force ghost. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like this is where their presence can cross over or whatever we want to call it. And then we'll see all kinds of cameos or something like I think, that. I think yeah, that uh, C3PO or R2D2, if not both. I think they're. I think they're the ones that will like shock people that like. Oh, they're they're gone and they're gone, like midway through. Like I feel like they're the ones that Abrams does that. I'm gonna throw all of you and just like midway through the movie, like they're they're done and like they're so beloved, even though they're not human, they're so beloved that like fans will flip. I think it's something like that because I can see that yeah. for R two. Like it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, Based on the footage we've seen, it definitely seems like a return to the adventure-heavy style of the Force, uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, uh, that that stuff that made everything that rubbed people, you know, old Star Trek fans wrong about his Star Trek movies is exactly why his Star Wars movies work well, because all that high adventure stuff is perfect for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It didn't make as much sense for Star Trek. And also, like, I don't know anybody who saw that like Klingon raid seat, like when they went to the Klingon planet mm-hmm. and. Into darkness and wasn't like, so this is a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Okay, uh, sure, J.J. just really wants to do Star Wars. I mean, we all said it right then. And that's, like, what helped, I think, like, just propel him. People were like... Because then the people were like, hey, he just he made does? a Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I remember there was that interview with him on The Daily Show where he was like, I didn't really watch Star Trek. I was really into Star Wars. And we were all like, we know. We can tell. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean... Yeah, there is an epic amount of adventure in this one. I mean, the the forest planet. I mean, it's it's classic Star Wars. We got a nice planet. We got a forest planet. We got a desert planet. And those desert, I was kind of questioning those desert uh, speeders with the uh, that actually have like treads in the front. Mm. Yeah. But then I saw the first clip from the movie and I was like, okay, that's really freaking cool that they have like rocket propelled stormtroopers yeah. <laughs> on the back, and they actually like that's why you they're not floating, so they can actually like dip and like catapult them into the air that stuff like those clips they can fly now and it actually looks funny they can fly now they can fly now (laughs) yeah those uh, clips from the spots and even and the other trailers i've like those are really what like make me want to see it because those look extremely fun and you know that is one area probably that you know i i really love the last jedi more than force awakens but that's one area that I did kind of miss. Yeah. In Last Jedi was those. There's not a like. There wasn't a ton. You know, you had the casino sequence. But like, again, like it was kind of different. And I'm looking forward to those in here. This is the first time we see all three of them really adventuring together. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be something special. Something that feels like it's been building up to that. And we're going to get that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Character human. Agree. Yeah. um, Yeah. And I miss like, yeah, the Force Awakens, like that thing where it's all tense in the beginning with Poe and Kylo. And he's like. Okay, who talks? You talk, I talk, <laughs> yeah. who talks first? I don't know how that stuff works. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at, like, just seeing, like, and now the three of them are so comfortable in these roles and, like, have done this for so long and they're such a, like, I mean, Oscar Isaac was already a pro, but, like, mm-hmm. John Boyega especially and Daisy Ridley especially, especially is going to be, like, much more comfortable. And just yeah. seeing that banter again. And I really did miss, like, the uh, Ray uh, Finn banter from, like, the yeah. first one because that was, like, what made Force Awakens for me, which is, like, how good they were, like, riffing off one another. Um, and them separated for so much of Last Jedi, I kind of took that away. But, uh, yeah, so we're all looking forward to Star Wars. I mean, we're getting antsy, but don't worry. The Mandalorian is keeping us warm. Baby Yoda's filling our hearts with the Force until we get to uh, the rise of Skywalker. But, uh, yeah, let's take a break because when we come back, we are going to jump into these new X-Men books, and we will bring in Brandon Davis to talk about the Walking Dead mid-season finale. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Right, so uh, up front, I'll be really honest. I only got through two out of the three. Um, I did X Force and Fallen Angels because I thought those were going to be the more dynamic. I thought New Mutants will just be me enjoying more irreverent New Mutants humor. 
uh, in space. But uh, we'll talk about all three. Um, let's knock New Mutants. You guys can just take that away. Uh, sell me. What is New Mutants issue two? Worth reading, Matt? Well, I, I feel like it is. I know Jamie didn't love the first issue as much. Uh, didn't love I, it. I liked it more. I think I liked it more than you. So I feel like uh, I'm pretty much the same. Like, I really enjoyed this issue as a whole. I know you liked it a lot more. Yeah, right? I like this issue a lot better than the first one. It, it's the difference of when they were dealing with the Star Jammers. So the first issue, you know, they jump in the Star Jammers ship. They go off to space because they want to find Cannonball, who's been off in Shi'ar space. And the way they interact with the Star Jammers, everything just felt really petty and like they were being immature. And then in this issue, you get to see them interacting with Cannonball and everything feels much more like it has a like a youthful warmth to it. Yeah. And then uh, Sunspot especially, he goes from just being kind of obnoxious it's to hilarious. you see that he's just really <laughs> like misses his best friend yeah, and insecure. feels confused yeah. and is a little bothered by the fact that his best friend is you know, grown up and married now. And doing just really well. Yeah. Like, I just like that he's he's almost yeah. jealous of success. Like, he doesn't find this sad, mopey person. He finds, like, yeah. a successful person in the guard, and, like, he he's looks great. Yeah, he wanted Cannonball to miss him as much as he misses Cannonball. Yeah. But, you know, Sunspot doesn't have Smasher and a kid at home, and Cannonball does. It's different. And it's a really interesting, like, New Mutants has always been about the young generation mutants, and so this gives it this kind of, uh, this texture where it's kind of about growing up in, in this generational difference. It even kind of makes the stuff with the uh, Star Jammers retroactively a little better, because it feels like it's playing on that generational difference yeah. where, like, you know, Corsair's a lot older than all those kids. Yeah. Uh, and they so. even comment on that in the issue as far as, you know, when they're when Cannonball, like they're asking him, was like, oh, was it the Star Jammers? And they're like, yeah, they go, oh, they're terrible. Like, yeah. they're <laughs> awful people. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course they did. Uh, I also just love that Mondo has, <laughs> like, Mondo has a lot of powers, but Mondo is essentially like the walking cabinet. Like, he's yeah. become, like, that's all he does. <laughs> people just hide stuff At the beginning of this issue, they're like, oh, where did the egg go? It's inside Mondo, because yeah. that's what they did from behind. It's like, wow, dude. Hey, it's... we're going to this club, Mondo. Hold my stash. <laughs> Open up, buddy. He's just like a giant Don't purse. squeeze this. Don't squeeze this baggie too tight. Uh, we should say, too, uh, Rod Reese is fantastic. I hope I'm saying that right, Rod Reese. This issue Rod was Reese. great. Yeah. I, I liked this issue more than I liked the last issue visually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know you liked both. Yeah, I think he's done, like, the first issue, I think he did the best job of drawing uh, the the Krakoa kind of in the same, getting that same vibe that uh, the House and Powers artist mm -hmm. and Marty Gracia did, because uh, he colors his own work. Uh, and here he does, like, the space stuff, the spaceships, the Shi'ar bits, you know, just as well. And he draws this, like, emotion and vulnerability in all these characters. There's, like, shots of, like, when they all hug, the big group hug. That's a great, yeah. Even when Rain is just sleeping and, and Sam and Cannonball are just talking on the couch. Yeah. There's all this real, like, humanity in all they these They feel like, yes, they, they feel like a family. They feel like real people. Especially that, like you said, that Ron moment where it's, like, three different shots. Mm -hmm. And it's Sunspot talking to Cannonball. And on the edge of the couch is her and she's just like in different forms of sleep so like one she's like making a noise and the other one she's like out even more and mm -hmm. it's just it's just one of those things like it's a weird thing you look at to isolate and like why did that why was that such a point but it's just again it adds that level of like oh they're a real family this feels like i'm in my living room with superpowered people so yeah very much I, so that would be i would assume a win for both of us yeah all right so now, stuff I can talk about. X-Force number two. Uh, Matt warned me going in that this book was going to feel a lot different. Um, X-Force is, I feel like, in some ways, 
still the book that has the least amount of shape to it. It's just kind of like it's almost like a it's like X Men. I mean, it, this is basically X Men Blue and Gold right now. I feel like I feel like the main X Men book is one, and and X Force is like the other. Yeah. Um, because it just feels like one is just more kind of off of Krakoa adventures, and one is like Krakoa politics central. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't dislike X Force either issue just because they're so different. Yeah. You feel. Yeah. Um, I, I still am intrigued by both, but it doesn't feel like there's a consistency to this book yet that I can yeah. tell like what's going to happen in the next issue. But this one basically just like, yeah, it picks up with after Xavier's assassination. And it's basically almost like a cop show procedural of investigation. Like, how did this happen? What's going on? And yeah, it's, it's like a two pronged storyline, uh, as Gene Gray kind of puts it in the middle of the book pretty aptly, like Wolverine goes off to do what he does was like <laughs> use his fist to beat the crap out of people over this whole thing and Jean Grey and like um, uh, Celia Reese, mm-hmm. Reyes is like trying to uh, use their minds and piece together and they have one surviving assassin and they do all this stuff but uh, man like yeah we get stuff about kind of the Reavers who are not quite the Reavers um, that whole thing but yeah this book had uh, so far like and this is saying a lot with House of X is still like my most shocked like horrific ending where we catch right. up with Domino yeah and basically find out that she's been getting the Ramsey Bolton treatment for After like... After seeing that, I had to flip back to the cover and look for the parental advisory thing because it is colored black. And on that bright, like, blue cover, you yeah. can't actually see it. I'm like, someone's going to make a mistake. This yeah, could be bad. That, yeah. That, that is gruesome. Is, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the more gruesome things I've seen in recent comic deaths. Or Poor, not even a death. Poor Dom. But, like, in memory, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and just, like, you, and just making a connection that, like, they just stripped her skin off to wrap yep. around these assassins so they could infiltrate Krakoa and do all that. So it, it gives, and Dean White's colors go a long way to this too. It has a very uncanny X-Force vibe. Yeah. Yes, it does. Especially this issue. Like the first issue bugged me a little bit because the, the cliffhanger uh, felt a little awkward based, like we know people can be resurrected. They've established in some of the other books too that like they're not 100% certain it's going to work for Xavier, yeah. Yeah. which feels like something we should have known in order to make that cliffhanger more effective. But now that they've done that, it all feels more genuine. And also, I think this book did a good job of justifying that cliffhanger in the sense of they're not necessarily just worried about bringing him back or not. Um, it's geopol- I mean, it's just yeah. geopolitics. Yeah. It's like what happens if people begin to suspect yeah. that he's dead and he can't come back. If that fear begins to become pervasive, it's going to destroy this whole unity of Krakoa. Yep. Um, which is held together where him, cause remember like this is a nest where like Mr. Sinister and apocalypse are like yeah. hanging out with Wolverine and Cyclops and mm-hmm. everybody's supposed to be copacetic about and cable and like, it's supposed to be copacetic. Yeah. And it's like the, and we already have seen, there are so many cracks to this still like nobody fully trusts everybody. Yeah. Like it's all kind of murky and like from everything from the hellfire club to apocalypse to sinister to, Everything in between to the fallen angels themselves, like all that stuff. So, and it's yeah. also to other nations yeah, as yeah. well because their their economic status, their status. He is the face, and he always has been the face yeah. of them to other nations. Yeah. If you're, I mean, it's like anything else, right? Our president, you have approval ratings, or nations have leaders, and their approval ratings go down, and what? Right? You have soft power. Those things. I like that House and Powers really delved into that and made that say, no, this is going to have a real effect. Because then, yeah. that's why 
I wasn't as like jarred by that because in here they do address kind of hey we have so long yeah before everyone figures it out like and says. then we're gonna have to like issue statements and do yeah. things or whatever if we can't fix it in time uh, and Hickman did tease before that you know Gene Gene of course was the one that would have the highest chance mm-hmm. of doing it yeah. but it wasn't. 100% certain. You know, it was in one of those, yeah. like, nine paragraphs. Yeah, and it's also the whole thing about, uh, <laughs> Things of you know, making God bleed, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. you made Speaking God of- bleed, and now, like, Krakoa doesn't seem so invincible. The whole yeah. thing doesn't seem so stable. Like, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, my favorite part of the issue was the conversation between Kid Omega and Wolverine. Yeah, I was going to get to Where Wolverine is like, yeah, Magneto can go on with his God speech, but we're not gods. Yeah, These are like, devils, etc. Uh, the best line is, you're really kind of freaking me out with how you're talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You just yeah. Like, look, man, you're like, well, I, I don't, I'm not down with the fanatic stuff. And like, it felt yeah, so... Okay. Well, that was the thing that I was like, when I was saying, like, this feels so different, was essentially them. They're, yeah, they're part of the, of the issue is so jarring because it's not like that first issue but it's not in a bad way at all yeah. it's great like seeing them juxtaposed i i love that you yeah know? i, I never like- thought i mean i remember him from like the student perspective but seeing them together like kind of like this on a mission it's almost like a it's like wolverine getting to hang out with like a bizarro xavier uh, <laughs> like, yeah uh like a, like somebody who's in the frame of Xavier, but like very yeah. different. He's, he's doing the like, Magneto yeah. was right bit. Essentially. Yeah, exactly, and like yeah, him and Quentin Choir just like it is great. It's very jarring, but it is like very funny. I also uh, just yeah. love seeing Wolverine try and hack. Well, I feel yeah. like it went away. <laughs> that was great too. I love that he was hunting checking yes. in the artwork. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it, a lot of people, myself included, were like, it feels like some of these people should be objecting to some of the things they're doing and Wolverine being one of them and seeing him saying like, I'm on board with what we're doing. Even if I'm not on board with all the rhetoric goes a long way towards making everything make a lot more sense and setting up like where this is going to, I mean, where the real splits and complications are going to begin about like, okay, really, what are we like? Who are we? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the first time this, like, again, like this Magneto apocalypse, sinister type mentality begins to push against the friendlier Xavier side of it, like is going to be really interesting. So um, X-Force, like, yeah, I thought did a good job of kind of kind of still being weird, but like expanding things and adding to itself in kind of a fun way. Like I said, it doesn't feel like this book is consistent, but it feels like a lot of anything could happen and a lot of it will be kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. So... I know we're coming up on uh, the cover where, like, Jean Grey's going to have to attempt this yeah. Xavier resurrection. And there's just so much I like about Krakoa about how freaking creepy it is. It's like the lost island. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think you know it, and it's like this paradise. But then there's beasts coming out of the woods. There's portals to a demon realm or another island now. Yeah. Like, it's formed up. And these whole cradles of Xavier's are just these creep pads. Man, like, that thing was creepy. Yeah, You'd think like, living a, putting everybody on an island would have made the world smaller. And somehow it feels larger now yeah. than it did before. <laughs> And just, like, yeah, all your secret pits with, like, the vine, like, all the roots, like, going up under the Like, yeah, it's just so crazy. So, yeah, man, X-Men's nuts, but uh, X-Force is good. Um, I think my biggest surprise was how much I actually came around on Fallen Angels. That was, like, down at the bottom and for me at the first issue. And I think it was the bottom. Um, yeah, I liked Excalibur one a little bit better. Uh, but I came around on this issue, and I had to kind of eat a little bit of crow because I went on this whole stand, like, when issue one came out about how I didn't think Quanon was, like, a strong enough character to kind of carry the book and her story. But I, it kind of – that changed a lot in, in issue two. 
Mostly because I think we got to more practical things that I yeah. could relate to, like her in the field, like committing an assassination and, and trying to do this whole kill this guy and possibly save his wife in, his, in the noble thing. Um, it was a little more interesting than just the rhetoric and the brainwashing of her training. Uh, it made the character more interesting. It made her past. It looks like there's layers to her. Yeah. Um, up until now, it's just been like, I am ultimate hand assassin. Yeah. Like, I was trained to be ultimate killer. I am very dark. And in this, I, in this issue, it kind of begins to show you a lot. There's a lot more gray going on inside of her, um, which is the crux of this whole book. Yeah. And I think, even while I think the storyline was a little too, a little hard to follow, in terms of like, especially when he got to the competing stories of like what they're trying to do versus what Cable's trying to do yeah. with this whole thing he's talking about and like this big atrocity that's happening. Um, I think on a character level, it, it was a lot better. And I had to also eat crow on the second thing when I said that like X-23 and Quantum were too similar of characters that I couldn't, for them to both have a personality when they're interacting. It's like one has to be dark badass fighting yeah. demons and then one's like artificially the, the level-headed one. But in this one... They had a scene where they interacted and they talk about, like, you know, when I was in your mind and relate on this whole, yeah. you know, we've been through this and the demons we carry thing that I thought was interesting and makes them good partners in this. And so it was, yeah. A, well, and like when we talked about the first issue, that was, that was one of my things of like, I hope it can. You know, I, the potential's there. I hope that it can start to explore those things, because otherwise we're running in place. And luckily, I feel like this took some big steps for both Quanon and X-23. My biggest issue with the issue itself is actually all the cable bits. I, I don't... He Now, it's funny, like, the first issue, he was kind of really non... Like, he was really consequential in any way. And in this one, it's like, uh, it's weird for me when I, I get X-23 X and Quanon's basic thing is teach me how to, one, control my anger. And we've seen her have issues with that in the past. But, but this one felt a little more natural. With Cable, it's like, let me teach you to be a soldier. This, all this dude knows. He killed his older self for the timeline. Like, this guy knows what war is. Like, this, even though he's younger and he's a kid, like, this guy has done some kind of screwed up things to for the betterment of the macro level so i'm like for him it, it sticks out and, it, and it's like his personality is just not clicking with me but i really like uh the stuff uh, my my favorite part is actually Quanin's second assassination where they show that when she read the guy's mind she yeah. then decided to save the you know the wife and she's like why are you helping me you like killed her he like killed him and she's like i saw how much he loved you and then there's this after part that's like she died anyway yeah. like all these people attacked her and like i mean they killed her and it's like why and she has this whole little like self-reflection thing and those bits i think are the most important going forward to continue to like peel back those layers and there's another line uh where she says uh something like the, it's about the butterfly and like how she you know, said her and betsy braddock both yeah we both i dealt with it i hated it because of what she thought it stood for and actually i had to admit to myself that i don't hate it i just didn't like what she like those little things are great i just think cable's bit he needs, feels like a third wheel right now he does he and i and i honestly don't know how in a couple of issues they're going to fit two more yeah. i'll be interested to see because right now it's you're still trying to get three and you know bling and like uh, i think husk is coming in a couple issues so like It'll be interesting to see how they fit that. I think that that's why they're branching Cable into like this other storyline where it'll 
maybe hopefully make sense and give him like themes yeah. and stuff that that will bring him more into focus. This art is also an acquired taste. I yeah, totally get it. Very, it. This is a very unique. Stop it's like focusing on the, the teeth. Star, <laughs> the, yes, the star of this book are teeth and shadows. Oh, and eye, like giant eye shots. Like, and I'm like, the artist is clearly going to bed with some mezcal in your system, or like some mescaline in your system, or something like. Yeah, it's all just like teeth, lips, shadows. I've never seen such a close-up of Cable's teeth. Like it was so right there, and I'm like, oh, but I'm oh. not. I'm not eating crow on this. I didn't love the first issue. I didn't love this issue. Uh, I think when the first issue came out, I compared it to like a early 2000s Marvel Knights book. Yeah. Where it's like needlessly dark and weirdly obsessed with like Asian stuff for like just the on a superficial level rather mm-hmm. than on a really interesting level. I like I, I do not connect with any of these versions of these characters and especially like X-23 after all the character development they've done with her. They, like it, it seems like Hill in his writing is trying to uh, explore something with her. There's a term for it that I forget, even though I was just reading about it, where like you you feel in the moment and you are present in the moment, but also you feel like attached from yourself and everything around you at the same time. Like I said, there's a phrase for that. And he seems to be trying to explore that, but that feels like it's like turning back the clock on her character, making all the 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 progress she made uh, feel like that was all not real now because they prefer her as damaged, basically. as traumatized. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't, it, it would be, I always say you can do whatever you want as long as you write the story well enough. I just don't feel like this is in, he's making it interesting. It feels regressive. See, I don't feel, I don't read her as traumatized here. I read her as someone who has had to push back a lot of things. It's very, I mean, it's just very like simple human Basics. I mean, you pushing back certain feelings to deal with situations. And even in Wolf, Only Wolverine, mm. she did that because Gabby was there. She did that because of other things, right? So, and I also would have a problem with it more if we were just coming off that book. But that character is not the same character and hasn't been mm. for a little while since Only Wolverine. Like, yeah. as I much as I adore Tom Taylor's. Did feel like Wolverine. they started ticking that clock back. Yeah, so I mean, we're just kind of. It just know, seems like there is a ticking clock over X23. I mean, her whole theme is to just try to figure out what she means in the context of Krakoa. Um, and I think there is legitimate room for her to be wondering should she be going off island doing secret kill stuff and like clandestine? Or be here and try to be happy, and what does that mean, and like all that. But we're just not there yet, yeah. and like it's, it needs to kind of move there quickly. It seems like I know this was in the first issue, but the line where she was like, "I don't want to be in Logan's shadow," yeah. felt so completely out of character to me. But if you're going to run with that, that she doesn't want to be in Logan's shadow, it seems weird that she is doing what Logan exactly would do? Yeah. the stuff that yeah. Logan I mean, would if you do. Put X Force and Fallen Angels together, like yeah, that's very it's true. Pretty much just she is. You that, are doing exactly what Logan's doing. Comparing yeah. this issue of X Force to this issue of Fallen Angels that came out, it's really interesting because both books are dark, but one of them is dark with some like life to it underneath, and the other one just kind of feels dark for darkness's yeah. sake. It's a very goth X Men yeah. book. Uh, I will say one of the interesting little things about it, and I don't. It was like a kind of a throwaway line, but uh, Quanan at one point says that like don't she's talking to Cable, I think, and she says something along the lines of like we don't want to anger Kokoa. Yeah. Because if yeah. we if we leave too like too many times or whatever, like Kokoa gets angry. I guess that is an interesting thing because I hadn't really thought about 
that and it's been touched on in other books of like Krakoa knows when you leave and when you can come in. That's the whole she, thing that Kitty Pride can't come in, you know. Was she talking about the island itself or was she talking about I like think the I, government? I, it was I, unclear. I don't, no, I think she was talking because I think she mentions the council in that same okay. dialogue. Yeah. And I think what she was she was kind of making a point that every time they whatever like what they're doing right now, every time they go out. They are literally the people who are putting this whole thing in danger because mm-hmm. they're going to go do some dark stuff. Gotcha. Okay. That could blow back on Krakoa, um, and that's why she's arguing with him about like what their actual first what's worth gotcha. what's okay. worth the so strike, what's wrong. worth the risk going after this villain whose name I'm already forgetting. Apof. Apof. Yeah, a real strong establishment there. It's like the um, others. <laughs> like, yeah. Or or should they be doing this cable mission? And like I think that's the thing that. That's also a really interesting thing about Fallen Angels, and I would like to see this happen. I would like to see them successfully do something, come home, and be like, no, like, you guys can't come back here. Yeah. Like, not because we don't accept you, but you got, like, it's public, and we got to publicly yeah. put you, like... Yeah, it's a very yeah. military-type yeah, thing of where we have to disavow you. We have to disavow you, yeah. knowledge, yeah. You're MI, you're like... Maybe MI, put them in the hole with Sabertooth. <laughs> you're oh, like, God, yeah. IMF, we disavow you, Ethan Hunt, sorry, like, you're out on your own. And that For the would be, 90th time. <laughs> and then just them against a world of, like, people knowing they're the only ones, like, not protected by Krakoa. Now would that be, that's an interesting... Awesome. We yeah. just saved this book! That's awesome. Now, right. If we yeah. get there, I mean, I'm, I already like where things are going, and I feel like it has a lot of potential, but if we get there, that is... Because that's... That's like, an interesting spot. That's interesting because it puts the back... It puts people who are violent, like killers, back against the wall when they're trying to, like, go through rehab on killing. That like, is... Yeah. Yes. I am all for and that. And I would love to see that. All right. Well, let's leave it there. I mean, with our own writing of Fallen Angels, <laughs> because why not? Uh, Jamie, you are going to uh, step out, and we're going to get Mr. Brandon Davison to talk about The Walking Dead. But uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be seeing you uh, pretty pretty soon and pretty often. We got a whole bunch of Star Trek stuff. Jamie's our Star Trek expert, and that's coming roaring back in a big way in 2020. So uh, you got a busy schedule ahead of you. But uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, yeah, we're going to take a minute, and we're going to get Brandon in here, and we're going to talk some Walking Dead. Murr. Welcome back, Brandon Davis. We got five minutes to talk about Walking Dead. And I just want to ask you one question. We got to the Walking Dead uh, season 10A midseason finale. Should more people be checking out this show right now? Because we got in ratings low, but ratings I got to say, like, I feel like it's kind, of a, it's kind of a travesty. I feel like the Walking Dead's been really good. And even though there are little storytelling things you and I were talking about, we don't necessarily love the most. Um, I thought this was a good first half of the season. I feel like the show should be getting more love. Yeah, I mean, the show is, season nine was great. Season 10 is, uh, I don't think it's as good as season nine yet. Because if you really think about it, where season 10 started and where we are at the mid, the midway point aren't that different. No. Uh, but it feels like a lot has happened. So that's the difference between Angela Kang and Scott Gimple. Um, whether you like the All That War story or not, I think Angela Kang is just doing a superior job of storytelling. She made Dante and Sadiq's plot twist this season feel like it matters. And those characters don't matter. Like, think about it. They're sub-tier characters. Yeah. So to say they don't matter is wrong. She made them matter. And it was an interesting twist that doesn't really seem to have all that big of an impact on the show, but still was unexpected and fun. First scene with Rosita and that whole figure in her stumbling on Dante and the baby. And like, yeah, yeah, that was intense. And it made you really care. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just too late, I think, for people to care. I think like they announced the title of the third spinoff show is The Walking Dead World Beyond. But at this point, I think putting the title The Walking Dead on something hurts its chances of succeeding because people are just over it. It's been 10 years. I mean, it's very good. 
And I do say come back and watch it, but I just think they're at a point like the, the network is facing the problem of people don't care anymore. It's too much. And I mean, I'm still on board, and I think it's as good as not as good as it's ever been, but it is very good. I mean, like second best run of seasons, probably maybe like I don't know how to compare that, but it's really good, and people just aren't really watching this the ratings are awful would it be better if they cut fear for this new show like it, it can it support two and not three <laughs> fear the walking dead season five was a travesty yeah it was awful it was really um, bad it was one of the worst things i've ever seen yeah i had to slog through it it was bad it sucks and i love the cast on fear the yeah, walking dead i love people who make talented. it I love but the, the writing on fear yeah. is just so bad like it, it was just they're painting trees they're wasting alicia debnam carry on painting yeah. trees and they're they wasting just, coleman domingo who was once the most interesting show character on the show as a con man and he's just a yes man to morgan and morgan was the worst part of the walking dead season seven which is a travesty because lenny james is one of the best actors on either show so it's it's all kind of a I mess mean, over like, there yeah fear has literally all the road pay like in the world to use and somehow went like nowhere except stupid town you think about this where was the walking dead when season six started all the things the walking dead had accomplished by the time season six started yeah if you're the walking dead is starting its sixth season what has it done <laughs> stop it stop i don't want to season three <laughs> season three listen I, i'll preface this because i feel like i just bullied fear the walking dead unnecessarily fear, fear the walking dead season three is my favorite season of either show yeah no i think best. it's a the masterpiece ranch, the ranch arc is the yes, best arc. the dam and the ranch that yeah. was all so good and then they killed kim dickens which was just stupid i mean that's all they got left they got to bring back madison at this point without fear ended with Morgan seemingly dead, the only way you save that show is if Madison saves Morgan. Yeah, from that's the it's about the only arc you got left. But anyway, yeah, people should be watching The Walking Dead. If you ever watched The Walking Dead and you jumped ship, you can start now. It's very good. Because it's going to get annoying when like people go back just to finish it one day on Netflix or something, and they're like, then we got to get all these tweets like, man, this show was really good. <laughs> and I'll be like, here, I got articles. I got articles for you from four years ago. Here, go yeah. read these. Uh, no, it's really good right now, but it's just a shame no one's watching. It's it, it's a shame for the people who make it. Like, I mean, I I know that they're working like they work hard. And I mean, I'm, it's, it's a shame for us because we write a lot about it and not as many people are reading it just because the audience isn't, it's a quarter of what it was. Yeah. So it, it's, it sucks, but it, well, the somewhere. movie juice it. No, no. They're, they're, they're taking so somewhere long. Andrew Lincoln's smoking a cigar with some brandy and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> he's looking at a movie I'm producer never. and being like, now do you want to pay me that money? Dude, I can't believe that they haven't announced anything for the movie yet. Yeah. They're announcing new spinoffs and fear season six and all this crap and the movie has doesn't like nobody knows when the thing it's coming. that's really gonna get you back in the game. So it's been over a year. Yeah. Well, we're gonna keep a lookout for that. Uh but you heard Brandon Davis. If you guys are just looking for something to fill the holiday time, go back, watch the Walking Dead season ten, do a little binge and you know, check it out because it is better. <laughs> like we've been saying this for weeks. Um, but it is better. And so you might want to check that out. But uh thank you, Brandon. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you are just getting involved with the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday on comicbook.com, or you can subscribe to our RSS feed, or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists. We're on everything. We can tell Amazon, Alexa devices, fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, go on our YouTube channel for Comic Book. We're everywhere, baby. Just uh, wherever you prefer to listen, just uh, download, subscribe, and uh, get involved. If you want to talk to us, you can hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. And I feel like I should say you can find Jamie Lovett at Jamie Lovett. Yep. Jamie Lovett is out there. And like we said, you got Star Trek questions, hit him up. 
That'll do it for this episode. Uh, next week, when we're back after the holiday, we are going to be reading some five-star reviews oh, when Janelle yeah. Wheeler, she wanted to be a part of this. So when Janelle's back, make sure you also check out our Wednesday shows with Janelle. Because when she's back next week, we're going to read some of your fan uh, five-star reviews. So get those in over the holiday because uh, we're going to be sending out some more T-shirts. For all those great five-star reviews. Ten t-shirts per person. No, that's not Are you really? bribing people for five-star <laughs> reviews? I, I've been, I respect like, that. Yeah. Ten, ten t-shirts I've been to do that since the beginning. We're like 100 episodes bribes deep now. Like You get a shoe from Jim Viscardi. It's, just, it's just a tagline for the show at this point. But uh, that'll do it. we got to get out of here. People got to eat turkey and see family and do all that good and stuff. So stuffing. Everybody have a safe and happy Ooh. holiday, and uh, we'll see you guys when we return. Peace. Peace.